Hey guys, welcome to uh, Jordan's podcast. So um, I'll get straight into it really. Pretty much, as we're all aware, the NBA had to stop in mid-March because of uh, the coronavirus pandemic. And after much deliberation and talk, they decided to go to Miami, I'm sorry, Orlando, same state, um, for a restart and a resumption of the season. So how this is going to work is there's eight games left and then um, they count as regular season games. Whoever you were going to play in the regular season, that's who you're going to play. If it was a team that's not in the bubble, you just forego that game. It doesn't count for a win or a loss. And it's seedings as usual, except there's one little uh, or a couple things under that specifically. It's that, for one, if you get within four games of the eighth seed, so you say you're the ninth seed and you get within the four games of the eighth seed, you get a playoff game with them for the eighth seed. So that's trying to um, essentially say that, look, there was a lot of games that we're missing out on, so it's giving you another chance to, to play it off. So that ninth seed, when they play the eighth seed, they have to win two games against the eighth seed to go through, and the eighth seed just needs to win one game in that little playoff. So essentially it's a three-game series between the ninth and the eighth, if they're within four games or within four wins. So there's that. So that's a big a bit of a something there, something a bit funkiness that exists. Um, so it is going to be weird. There's no crowds. Um, that this, this is going to change a few things. It's going gonna, it's gonna to mix it up a little bit. But I'll, I'll get to that in later. So I think it would be really silly of me not to start with, with without talking about Philadelphia. Uh, so Philly have gone through a lineup change. They've moved Ben Simmons to the four. Shake Milton's starting. So you remember before the NBA was shut down, Shake Milton was going off. He was averaging something like 18 points on 45 or 50% three-point shooting. Um, he was going off. I actually saw his game live against the Clippers where he dropped 39. It was quite absurd. But um, at that time, Ben Simmons and Embiid were both injured out. So they haven't had a chance to mix all three of those together. And they already know how the Al Horford's ex- experiment's gone. He, he can't play Al Horford with Embiid and Simmons. They're, they're three people that essentially play the same position. It's not going to work. Even even though Ben is a generational p- player, you still can't play all three of those together. And even though Embiid is, is a generational player as well, it's, it's hard to... to play those guys together because their skills essentially overlap. They're very inside game dominant. Although they can all pass, MB not so much compared to the other two, it still won't work. So moving Ben Simmons to the four, taking Horford out of the lineup and putting a shooter in who's going to be a point guard now and shape Milton changes everything for them. Um, it really opens the floor up for one. And two, it is seen and shown that Simmons might take a few threes now, which will open the court up even more. In the first scrimmage against... And Memphis, I believe it was, Simmons took two threes. He's never, ever attempted two threes in a game ever, and he took two. And a little bit of a wrinkle of that is he actually missed the first one and then still took the second one. So I believe that's the biggest show of confidence and sign that he will actually be taking threes this this return and resumption, despite the fact that it only took a pandemic for that to happen. So that's going to be interesting. That's a little wrinkle. But if you watch the next two games or if you just looked at the box or you've seen that Simmons actually didn't attempt a three after those two, after that first game where he attempted two. So the next two games, the next two scrimmages, if you will, uh, he didn't attempt any. But I think that honestly has something to do with with um, Embiid not playing because he sat out both of those games just precautionarily with the calf injury. So there's that. And um, 
yeah, like there's lots of talks about him and Ben Sims not getting along, but. I was listening to the Right Ricky Sanchez podcast today. It's a Philly podcast, and they had Embiid on there. And Embiid went on about Simmons for two minutes maybe, talking about how he quotes, he loves him, he wants to play with him for the rest of his career, and that they're good friends, which is might be surprising to some people. But if you watch closely like I do and you see the certain nuances that they uh, have their little relationship, you would see that they, do, they obviously have a respect for one another where they both want to win. And it's really cool that Embiid said all of that. So I really have positive uh, positive thoughts going into this NBA restart, despite my biases about Philly. I really feel like they're going to smash that over, 5.5 their wins are for the next eight games. I really, really, really feel like they're going to smash that. They might win seven out of eight. Um, it's just that, that change in lineup does everything for them. It really it, it shakes it up in a way where Simmons can – can not have the duties of being a point guard and the pressure of being a point guard. He can play his natural role of a point forward and just really be a good role man. So the thing about Simmons is he's such a good passer. So on the short role, he could be like Draymond Green. He's more dynamic and more athletic than Draymond Green. So And he's a better passer. So imagine how dangerous he could be. And on the other sense, like he could be like Blake Griffin off the pick and roll and be so damaging and athletic and dunk everything. So there's so many ways to use him as a screener which makes it really, really interesting for Philly and, and gives them another layer of, for, of their offense, which I feel like they definitely need. Um, and the other thing is with the added spacing of Simmons potentially shooting, Embiid can now get less double teams and less traffic through the post and people can just spot up around him, which he'll feel way more comfortable doing. As it is, he already averages 10 points in the post per game, which is more than any other team in the whole league. So just remember that. If you look at their schedule, so... They have the Pacers first up, then the Spurs, then the Wizards, Magic, Trailblazers, Suns, Raptors, and, and, and Rockets. So those last two games are pretty weary, but the first six are all very winnable. And if you assume they win five out of the first six, they'll probably win one out of the last two. So that's definitely six wins. I can't see them losing less than six games. I really, really can't. The Wizards is an easy win. The Spurs is an easy win. And um, the Magic is an easy win. So there's three, and the Suns are easy win. There's four guaranteed wins. You just assume, based on intuition, that out of the Raptors, Blazers, Rockets, and Pacers game, they'll win two of that, at least two of those. So that's six wins. So I'm smashing the overs with them. Um, I believe their odds for the 5.5 wins is around 180. So I would smash that. I would honestly smash that. Okay. Um, That's it for Philly for now. So the next one I feel like – I feel like people aren't giving them enough rap. They're flying a lot, uh, not a lot, but but they're flying under the radar terrifically. It's absurd. I really feel like the, all the talk about the Lakers, um, people just think they've got this this title and it's going to be them and, and the Bucks in the final. I really feel like that's overshadowing the Clippers and who and what they can do. Like they are lethal, man. Like Kawhi knows how to – Knows how to string his body along for a season and then come into the playoffs. We've seen it. We've seen it once last year, and we've seen it with the Spurs a few times. And he, he's very careful with his body. So I really feel like he hasn't shown everything he's got this year, and he's still top five in the MVP. He probably will be in the top five in the MVP rather. So there's that. Um, so they're flying under the radar. I, I would honestly have them making the, the Western Conference Finals. It's a big call, I know, but I feel like this sort of environment, um, this sort of this sort of, uh, in, yeah, this sort of, this just spectacle and what's going on favors Kawhi Leonard and Paul George the most. So 
Kawhi is an assassin. He, I don't think he cares if there's people in the crowd or not. But for some reason, I get the inkling that without anyone there, he's just going to go to work, man. I just think this is his time. Um, he doesn't. He doesn't think LeBron's better than him, and he wants to win the title. And I feel like LeBron might need a few games to get back into it. Whereas already, I reckon it, this really is advantage is advantage Clippers over over Lakers because. On another level, they have the coach advantage, and I feel like coaching is going to come into into play here in this bubble. As well as that is PG, always struggling with niggling injuries. He's full health now. He's good to go. And I feel like they've had a few games under their belt together now. They're going to have these next eight games to really get it going. And then after that playoff time, I think they both know how to play with one another. They both say, all right, you go, all right, you go. And they'll be working off each other great. And they'll really, you'll really see the two-way ability come out more with those two because they're the two, two of the best on-ball defenders in the whole league. So there's no denying that, and I feel like you're really going to see that. So although I love LeBron, I, I can just really see the Clippers at 270 coming out of the West. It's a bold call. Although they're both similar odds, I feel like most, most pundits and most Experts would be calling the Lakers, but I reckon the Clippers got the best shot, and I think they're going to do it. Um, so the next thing is there's the Rockets at 8.50, and we are talking about this atmosphere and the scenario and, 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 the, and the situation they find themselves in. I feel like a big, big advantage of this is the Rockets. The way they play, just shooting, there's no crowd noise. There's no, there's no one distracting them, and, and I feel like this three-point shooting is going to – really, really, really make them come out of the gates. you just got to think about it. Like, if no one's screaming you from the sideline while you're shooting, it makes such a big difference. It's essentially like a training scrimmage run. And I'm sure we've all seen the videos of, of NBA players training and behind closed doors, and they make everything. And so these three-point percentages are going to go up, and um, they shoot a ton of threes more than anyone else in the league. So I'd watch out for them. They're out. They're a dark horse at $8. Um. But in saying that, there is there is sort of a, a sort of counterpoint to that. It's that I feel like without the crowd, there's going to be there's going to be less foul calls, which obviously is a disadvantage to James Harden. And um, as well as that is without the I mean, with the playoff scenario as per previous years, Harden has. Struggle to get foul calls because, as we all know, in the playoffs, less foul calls are given. So you got to take that into account as well. So these next eight games, Houston might smash the overs and they might make the playoffs, but in the playoffs they might begin to slow down. Um, so I would just be wary of them, like keep an eye on them, see what they're doing, and um, just see like how they're going and 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 what their what their three point percentages ends up happening with that. Like I really feel like it might go up five percent, three three to five percent. Like it's it's definitely on the cards. It's definitely possible. Um, so just for just for reference sakes, um, they're over under on wins isn't out currently. So in, over the next couple of days, I would just see that um, it's, that's on sports bet. So it might be different in other apps. So just check that out. Okay, so next is the over unders for other teams. Is so Denver has. Over under a four point five two dollars, and I think they're going to get over that. So while they might have a hard schedule, I feel like they're a bit weird. And this thing with Bol Bol and Michael Porter Jr. being like weird X factors and off the bench, you can just see them making some noise in, in that sort of atmosphere. I hate to keep bringing it up, but I just feel like this atmosphere is going to benefit a few teams, and, and some teams might struggle. So they got a hard schedule. 
They've got the they've got the Heat first up, which is winnable. The Thunder next up. The Spurs, which they'll probably win. Trailblazers, who knows what's going to happen with them. The Jazz, the, the Lakers, the Clippers, and the Raptors. So when taking into account that the Lakers games here, you've got to understand the Lakers have first seed wrapped up, so they don't really give a shit about any of these other games. Although they'll probably still win most of them, it's important to note that they won't be trying their hardest as because as, that's just the nature of the NBA. So that's a tough schedule, but four and a half games for Nuggets team, it's really weird. Like they know themselves. Their coach, know, their coach is great. I think they can get over that 4.5, and it's at $2, so I'd be smashing that. Um, the next is the Heat. I feel like they have a really tough schedule, and uh, maybe it's my hatred towards Jimmy Butler, but I feel as though they're going to get on the unders at 4.5 at 150. Pretty low odds for 4.5, but, yeah, look, they've got a really tough schedule. They've got the Nuggets, obviously, first up, and the Raptors, Celtics, Bucks. Suns, Pacers, Thunder, and then Pacers again, which I just think is absolute gauntlet. Um, who knows what will happen with that? Um, but yeah, I don't rate them. I don't think they're going to go that far, and um, I think they might end up in the sixth seed, depending what happens in Indiana. But prob- probably fifth seed, but depending what happens in Indiana, maybe sixth seed. The next is uh, OKC over a three point five. I think they'll get that. This sort of scenario, I hate to keep saying it, but this sort of uh, bubble, the bubble in general, is advantage to Chris Paul. He, I feel like this is just like him with no one else there. He's in his zone. He's had some rest now. He's ready to go. No injury concerns for him. So this is just what it is. This is just this is just how it's going to go. And I reckon they're going to breeze through. They might they might get on. They might they might go in, into the into the playoffs with the fourth seed. So they've got the Jazz who they're losing. They've lost one Bogdanovich, so who knows what happens with them. And you've got to remember with the Jazz, they are traditionally slow starters in the regular season and then they rely on their home court advantage to bring them back into the season. There's no home court advantage here. There's no altitude that there is in Utah. So that's important to take into account. So, yeah, they have the Jazz first up and the Nuggets who also when, – when talking about – Altitude, you also got to talk about the Nuggets. And then um, the Thunder have the Lakers after that, then the Grizzlies, then the Wizards, then the Suns, and the Heat, then the Clippers. So average schedule strength, um, but I do think they'll go in the overs there at 164. Okay, so that's it for, for overs and unders, um, except just thinking of that the Jazz thing, they're at 3.5, but uh, they're at 3.5, but I feel like they can go either way. So I try to steer clear of them and, and steer clear of the Clippers. Although I said the Clippers might make some noise in the playoffs, I just don't know what will happen with them at the start in this in this eight game burst because um, Montrez Harrell, Lou Williams, and Patrick Reed were out in the first game. Who knows what's going to happen in the games after that? Um, and there's all sort of sorts of quarantine issues going on there. Um, just a reminder, actually, the last over and unders I would hit up is the Pelicans one. So obviously, there's a bit of concern about Zion because he hasn't trained in ten. 10, 14 days. So that might make them a bit weird, but I reckon they're coming in there with Zion playing hard in the starting lineup after like one game, maybe he'll be back to okay um, in terms of fitness. He might only play 20, 25 minutes in the first game, but he'll be back and they'll be raring to go, man. They've got a good young team. I feel like this is really advantage them compared to everyone else. The, just having young, young and exuberant people ready to go. Ready, like they're, they're there for eight games. They want to go hard. And I reckon really is advantage them. I think they're going to make the playoffs. I think they're going to win seven out of eight games, honestly. So their over and unders is 4.5. I would smash that hard. That's probably my number one confident one. 
Um, putting a lot of faith in design, but I really reckon he's that good. Although he, he can't, he doesn't really score of isolation. He'll create so many points in other ways, and he 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 will jump out of that out of that bubble and then back in when he throws some alley oops when he gets some alley oops off Lonzo. Sorry. So yeah, I'd hit the overs on that. I really like them making the playoffs and, and definitely going into a playoff with for the eighth seed if they if they come ninth. So then, in terms of the first games, uh, there's six games I've sort of circled. Uh, so these six games are so the Pelicans play the Jazz first. And um, they think Zion is probably going going to play. He might be restricted minutes, as I said. But them at 170, I love them at 170. And then um, I think they're going to win. I don't like the Jazz that much, not having games under their belt in three months. And I think the Pelicans are younger, ready to go, and I think they'll win. Um, the next one is the Suns versus the Wizards. The poor Wizards, I don't even know why they're in the bubble. The Suns are going to smash them. I might even take them on the unders, but just to be safe, them at 130 is good. Uh, you can pick your own line, and I would pick um, minus four would be great if you could get minus four, minus 4.5. I think that would be about 150, so I would hit that up. My next one would be Nuggets over Heat. As I said, the Nuggets are getting underrated. Um, the Heat are getting overrated. I think this is a perfect storm here, so I reckon Nuggets over Heat. So that would be my first multi. Just to repeat that, that's Pelicans, Suns, and Nuggets. So then the next one will be a bit more riskier. I'd throw in if you, you can throw these into that one, but I would definitely have the Rockets beating Dallas. I'll tell you why. So the Rockets obviously undersized, um, and the, the Dallas are quite big. Obviously Chris Stapps and whatnot. So the Pelicans are gonna have to defend. I mean Pelicans, fuck. Um, the the Rockets are gonna have to defend them and try do as best they can to crash the boards, but. You gotta remember, Chris Stapps is not an inside player. He actually flourishes on the outside shooting jumpers, and um, yeah. So, on the flip side of that, it's that Westbrook and Harden. Traditionally, people who get tired as the season progresses. They're fresh now. They are good to go. I think they're gonna love this this environment, and they're gonna kill it. I reckon. I reckon they're gonna win that, and that's a two dollars. So that's that's pretty nice. Um, next one after that is. Portland over the Grizzlies. I reckon Portland, you got to remember with Portland, they have their team now that made the Western Conference Finals last year. Nurkic is back. Um, and Collins is back. And Anthony Simons has gotten better. And Melo's on the team now. They're a bit weird. They can they can make some noise. Lillard can go off. They have, Lillard's a top six, eight player in the league. So that matters in the bubble scenario. If you have one of the best players in the court, that, that matters. It, it means a lot. So I like them in that, in that multi as well. And they're at 172. And then a bit rogue after that is I reckon the Clippers are 246, despite having three people not playing, three crucial players in the team. I think they might surprise the Lakers. But remember, on opening day this year and Christmas Day, the Clippers beat the Lakers. So they have the advantage over them when it comes to um, the big sort of premieres or events or or big sort of dates in the calendar so far. Although I think the Lakers Clippers series will go seven games. I think this first game, I think I like the Clippers over the Lakers at 246. So those are my six games. If you want to put a few of those on, that's fine. I'll give you my level of confidence for them now. So my level of confidence out of all those games, Suns over Wizards, that's my most number one confident I am. And they're going to beat the Wizards by five to ten. The next one is the Rockets over Dallas. I like them. I really think that's going to happen. Um, at 
Third one is Nuggets over Heat. I like that at 176. Fourth one is Portland over Grizzlies. Uh, no, yeah, sorry, at 172. And then Pels over Jazz is my fifth most confident at 171. And then my last, my least confident is Clippers over Lakers because just because the Lakers are really good. And I don't want to, I don't like betting against the Kings, so you've got to be wary of that. So just to be a bit more clear, I'll give you sort of what's going to happen in terms of the schedule and, and the um, the order of those games. So the first game is the Pelicans versus the Jazz. That's tomorrow. So I'll take the Pelicans at 170, and then I the next day, on the Saturday, I'd take Portland at 172, and then right after that, the Suns. So that would be three-leg multi there, and that would be paying 385. And um, you might want to add the Bucks in there. They're playing the Celtics. You just got to remember the Bucks aren't playing for anything. They've got the first seed. But if you are happy to wait the next, the, the rest of the, till the end of the day, the Rockets are after that on the Saturday still, two dollars. So that would be Pelicans, Portland, Phoenix, and Rockets all in one multi, and that would be paying seven seventy eight. If you don't feel good about one of those legs, take it out. But anyway, that that lies in all my six tips. You can mix and match as all you like, but those are the six I'm confident about. Probably I might miss out on one, but I think five of those out of six of those will be right. So you can do whichever ones you want, but I'm, I'm telling you those will happen. I have a good feeling about this. So uh, let me know what you think. And um, that's sort of uh, it. And, uh, yeah, speak to you next time, guys. Thank you.